Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, my terrible listeners. You are tuned in to Terrible Sex with Nassim. I am your host, Nassim. I'm a registered nurse, aspiring sex educator, and polyamory enthusiast, here to tell you stories and guide you through our world's infinite number of sexualities. Regular listeners may notice things sound a little bit different. My producing partner, Dan, is out this week, so I am here, on my own, bringing you today's episode. Dan and I are working on a lot of projects, and the show and our format is evolving. But don't worry, Terrible Sex with Nassim isn't going anywhere. In fact, we have lots of exciting topics and guests waiting in the wings, so be sure to check us out every week for more stories as we drop new episodes every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Central. Okay, with that out of the way. Here's a little story about how I was saved from a gangbang. It was my freshman year of undergrad. I was still a virgin, very much wanting to get laid, and very much not having any luck. Now, to be fair, I also wasn't trying very hard. My lack of self-confidence about my body and sex appeal, coupled with knowing practically nothing about sex and intimacy, or men for that matter, rendered me ostensibly invisible to the male gaze. No, I was not the subject of the song You Don't Know You're Beautiful by One Direction. However, in my later years listening to the crooning of the one Harry Styles, I thought back to that time and thought, could that have been me? But no. I can tell you if anyone did want in my pants, though, it would have been nice to know and I would have jumped at the chance. But such was not my luck. Until Freylon. Freylon was, and still is, the largest extracurricular student organization at my undergrad. It's essentially one big dance recital. Students, regardless of ability or experience, sign up and form little dance troops, practicing their own self-choreographed routines throughout the year, performing at a three-day recital at the end of spring term. Now, I know it may sound silly, and I don't know what it looks like now, but Freylon was a big deal when I was a student way back in the mid-aughts. It was probably the biggest event outside of graduation on that campus. Everybody talked about it. And the buzz wasn't just about the music or the all-guy dance teams that always seemed to impress or make us laugh but it was also the parties. Freylon Weekend was a three-day bender of drugs, alcohol, dance, and, of course, sex. I mean, at least that's how I choose to remember it. And I don't know how anyone was able to pull off their performances that weekend, let alone make it to class on Monday. Now, I didn't do Freylon until my third year, where about 50 of my fellow juniors and I did a wacky and completely unrefined interpretive number to a medley of Queen, complete with a pair of unicyclists pedaling on stage to bicycle race, but that's besides the point. Back to my freshman year. Okay, so it's Freylon weekend. I think it was the Saturday night show, and I was ready and rearing to party. Even though I wasn't much of a partier, I really loved the idea.
idea of parties and living that college girl life. I desperately wanted to be that girl, even though I never was and was never going to be. It took me years to realize that that was perfectly fine, but my 19-year-old brain just would not accept it. So my friends and I got in our Saturday best and hit the streets after the show. Now, my college didn't have a Greek life, you know, fraternities, sororities, that sort of thing. But what we did have was the soccer house. I don't know if all of the guys who lived there were actually on the school's soccer team, but that's the moniker that that address had had during my entire tenure at that college. And it was party central. I'm talking beer pong, keg stands, bathroom sinks lined with cocaine, and lots of drunken hookups. And I wanted all of it. Okay, maybe not the cocaine. But I was also cheap. You had to pay $5 for a red Solo cup to get you to the keg for the rest of the night. And I was a broke kid who wanted Taco Bell afterwards, so I thought, fuck that. Instead, I would sneak in, find a cup forgotten by someone too trash to notice down on the basement floor. The booze was always in the basement. I'd rinse that baby out and bam, free PBR all night. Now, what was weird about this Freylon party was that about half of the attendees did not go to my college. They went to the school across town, the big university. And I loved this. So many men that I didn't know or see every day at my tiny school of 1,200 students. I didn't have to worry about making an ass out of myself and seeing them on the quad the next day. It was a horny girl's gold mine. And they were too fucked up to notice that I wasn't an it girl either, so win-win for me. So, stolen solo cup in hand, I made my way into the crowd and waited, scanning the room while chatting with my girlfriends. Several, and I mean several, drinks in, I set my sights on the first semi-attractive stranger, not already grabbing another girl's ass. Don't ask me how we even started dancing, but we did. He was trashed. And I was, at this point, pretty fucked up myself. We somehow managed to exchange phone numbers in our blurry state. And at one point, he asked me if I wanted to go upstairs. Yes! This is it. It's finally going to happen. I eyed my gal pals and nodded that I was going with him. My one friend, the only responsible one in the group gave me a what the fuck are you doing look and I just shooed her away and followed what's his name up the stairs. So here we are in a bedroom. I'm too drunk to be nervous and having the sloppiest makeout session in my life. Tongues and spit and teeth everywhere. I don't recall if he was a good kisser but I know I was all in. I pushed him on the bed, fumbled around with his pants, and started giving him head. I don't know how long I was down there. Could have been 30 seconds, could have been 30 minutes. Inebriation and horniness have this funny way of fucking with time. But however long it was, I was interrupted when the door opened and three other guys I did not know walked into the room. What's his name? 
sat up and greeted the guys like his dick wasn't just in my mouth and asked if they had a smoke. One of the guys produced a joint and offered it to me first. What a gentleman. And I, of course, like the sensible person that I am, accepted drugs from a stranger. So there I was, tits half out, getting more and more fucked up with a group of men I did not know, in a bedroom with a closed door. And as much as something in the back of my mind was screaming at me that this was dangerous, I just ignored it. Especially when What's-His-Name started touching me again. I started to suck him off another time, while the other guys watched. And I'm pretty sure one of them said something about his turn. My mouth wasn't even halfway down the guy's shaft when I heard a knock at the door, and my friend's voice calling my name. Remember my responsible friend from earlier? She had apparently been spending half of the night looking for me. She shoved open the door, pulled me off of what's-his-name, and dragged me down the stairs. Instead of being grateful, I was pissed. I stopped her and slurred something to the effect of, Don't ruin this for me! And without saying a word, she just took my arm and got me out of the soccer house and into the fresh air. After several bottles of water and a Crunchwrap Supreme, I cleared up enough not to be pissed anymore. The whole night is kind of a blur, but those are the moments that stick out to me. I'm very thankful for my friend for pulling me out of that room. We should all have a responsible friend, because there will probably be a time in our lives when we aren't being smart and making the best decisions for ourselves. It's not something I'm proud of, but it was the first step in learning to value myself. I don't need to drunkenly fuck a stranger to feel validated as a woman. Not to say there is anything wrong with casual anonymous sex. I have had casual one-night stands since then, but that was because I was in a place where I could choose to do so without insecurity, coercion, or substances egging me along. Personal responsibility and risk assessment is so very important when engaging in intimate practices, and that is my biggest takeaway from that night. And while it wasn't terrible sex, I am grateful to have avoided something terrible from happening. Nassine wants all her terrible listeners to know that although she is a medical professional, she is not your medical professional. This podcast is not medical advice. If you want medical advice, please seek out your very own healthcare provider. Terrible Sex with Nassine is part of the Terrible Podcast Network.